and welcome to episode 136 of Wing Sauce. The boys are falling on hard times, and I thought that Connor was going to be able to bring them some good luck, mm-hmm. um, but they ended up losing, going 0-3 for the week. Not what we need, but not all not all terrible news. Um, I mean, yeah, you don't want to see your team going 0-3, um, but... It could be worse. Could be a lot worse. Anyway, how's it going, Connor? It's just you and me today. Uh, no Dustin, but uh, tell me about your week other than going to the Wings game and, and watching them get worked by Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, the Wings look like, I don't know if it's been the same, like the whole year, maybe you've been talked about it. I don't, I don't remember if we talked about this, but <clears throat> the whole season right now, because they're they're making strides from last year, I feel like every game this year, I've been kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop a little bit of like, all right, they're, they're hanging in there. They're hanging in there where uh, it's almost like I was waiting for the team to run out of gas. And I don't think it's a team that would run out of gas. There's going to be a bunch of different things that go into play. Uh, what I think sparked that quote unquote running out of gas has been the injuries. And it's just been, it's been rough. Like you, they're slowly like dwindling into like hanging on, hanging on in playoff position and that wild card position, and it slowly is is uh, trickling away. And right now, with the parity in the league and with how you know every team can almost every team can beat everybody uh, for the most part. So you really have to bring your A game basically every time, and it's really difficult when you have the guys out. And we talked about it at nauseam with. Uh, you know, with Bertuzzi being out in Verona and like the list go, like there's literally a, like six guys out. We talked to, I think last week is when we went through the list. Right. Um, but, you know, and then Larkin even going out for, a, uh, I won't say a majority of one game, he basically missed a period uh, from blocking that shot in the hand and then missing the next game. And then he was back on the ice, which was great to see. But if you miss a game due to injury, that next game when you come back, was that's not 100%. Uh, for yeah. him. And, you know, especially with all the different injuries you have, you need all these guys that are in the lineup to be at 100%. So I don't know. I don't exactly know what to, uh, expectations are. Hopefully, you can continue to get wind to your back to being healthy and uh, really use the time that's coming up with you get a couple days with uh, with the holidays. And man, you just need to get some of these guys back in the lineup. See, the good thing that I'm seeing is that uh, aside from Tampa Bay, uh, and Boston, I think that it, yeah, in the Eastern Conference, well, Columbus, we're not going to worry about because they're yeah. they're a bottom feeder. But Detroit, Tampa, and Boston are the only teams that have played thirty games. Everyone else has has more games played so far in the Eastern Conference. So mm-hmm. we have games at hand, which is a good thing. But you know, this week we. We should have been able to go just on paper, right? Yeah. And I, I know this this is hockey. You can't really just go off of every everything just based off of paper here. But on paper, two and one. Yeah. That was the expectation at least. Mm-hmm. Um, or or at least maybe a one, one and one. Yeah. Um, something along those lines. But to go 0 and 3, I mean, you, you started the week you were staring at 13, eight and six, not a bad record. You're, you're, you're right in that wild card position. You lose three straight. And now, now you're five points out of wild card. Yeah. And you really dug yourself a hole. And 
man, I don't know if you take took a look at the uh, the rest of the games that they have, or not the rest of the games, like the upcoming games that they have. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be a tough road ahead. Especially when you have uh, so tomorrow they have the Capitals and you know they're they've been where they've been and uh, they got Ovi and Ovi. I don't say he's. I feel like I was going to say he's got our number, but he's basically had he has the entire league's number. He scores against anybody, so I shouldn't shouldn't say that. Yeah. Uh, and then you have some if the Lightning Ottawa again, who who you know I don't definitely don't want to look past them after they handed us our lunch. Uh, Pittsburgh, and then the next game that you really can take a breath is Buffalo, but that's way down the list there. Uh, you, and then after that, it, just, it goes on and on. They have they have they have to have one of the hardest uh, uh, schedules it's, right now coming the, up over the next 10, 15 games. The eighth hardest schedule in the NHL yeah. is the Red Wings. So, I mean, r- regardless, they 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 have to be able to find way find ways to compete mm-hmm. in these games and keep it close for a chance to win. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not expecting them to to go out and win three nothing, four nothing games, five one games. Um, yeah. you know, that that's not the Without type of lineup team that they have. Yeah, not right yeah. now with the lineup that they have, but I think the expectation is to when you're healthy, and I know that's a big if because everybody goes through injuries, I would say that they're this isn't a normal injury team. Like this isn't normal. You can expect one to two guys being out once in a while. This um, year is an anomaly, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, right. And so, but when they're healthy, I do expect them to <clears throat> like handily beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. I feel like they're at that point when, when you're playing yep. bottom feeder teams, you can go out there and expect to beat them four to one. Basically, a game that you can turn off in the third period. Like that should be their expectation is to leave, is to let the fans leave early from the arena. Not that you ever wanted to. Like, if you're there at a game, stay the whole game, no matter what. That's just, <laughs> like, it's respect. But Well, when's uh, the last time that happened in a Red Wings game, though? Seriously. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not. That's what I mean. And and I honestly felt like in the beginning of the year, this was a team that I, you're not going to do that against 90% of the teams. But the bottom feeder, the bottom three, four teams, when you play them, you should it should be point night. Guys should be looking at chops to get out there to get back on the ice, to try to get uh, 20 plus minutes of ice time, because you know that the, you're going to have the puck in the zone. It's going to be like a, a power. That's how they should feel. I mean, it should yeah. feel like a power play when you're look at some of these other really top teams, you know, how fun it is to be uh, New Jersey right now or Boston. It looks like they're uh, like the, I don't even know, like the wings from the late nineties where they yeah. have the puck for 80% of the game. They're in a league of their own right now. Yeah, it's crazy. But, it, I mean, it's super fun to watch, especially if you're a fan. I mean, even if you're a hockey fan, it's fun to watch. And if you haven't, because for the past 20 years, New Jersey hasn't been worth watching. But right now, they're they're a fun team to watch. They play hockey the right way. They don't have any crazy superstars yet. I think that they do on their team, and they're not just they're just not a superstar. Um, but that's a team that you really should strive to look like. You know what I mean? They have the, I, I'd agree. the outline yeah. to – you know, it's not, it's not, they don't have a McDavid there where I'm not saying you should look to be like Edmonton because it's a, nobody's McDavid other than McDavid. So. Yeah, exactly. No, but they, they've, they've had a lot of years with high draft picks. They've paid their dues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've been the bottom of bottom of the league for a long time and, you know, now it's starting to pay off and, and a lot of people are saying, well, you know, they, they would be nowhere without that big win streak and, it's like, well, you know, in order for teams to get to the top, sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. Um, you look at 
uh, the 2019 Blues, they were bottom, they were literally like bottom of the league. I think they were dead last, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they were dead last in in the league uh, by New Year's, I think, in 2020 mm-hmm. or no, in 2019. Excuse me. Yeah. And they were able to they were able to get a, 11 wins in a row or 13 wins in a row. And you know, some some teams want, you get hot at the right moment. Maybe that was the right time for New Jersey to get hot. They yeah. got the confidence they need. And now they're rolling. Um, yeah, it, you have to count the win streak, like. You, yeah, yeah. So I totally you can't say agree. it's like, it's you can't say it's luck. You you, right. you might be able to call one or two games luck, but you don't call. What was it? Thirteen, fourteen yeah, in a row. Crazy. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. it's insane. It's speaking of insane. The Boston Bruins, thirty games played right now, fifty points. We're about to go into the holidays. Um, you know, we're we're just you know. We're a week away from from Christmas. The Bruins are 24, 4, and 2. They have four regulation losses. That is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. And to think that, man, if I'm a a fan right now of the Bruins, and I don't really like Boston, just to be completely honest, like I, but I'm going to set my, my dislike of uh, Boston fans and Boston team uh, aside. If I'm a fan of them, I would be so excited for the deadline because you either don't do anything and you can be like, hey, you don't want to mess with the chemistry. You don't want to whatever, do you know, do whatever. And you say, fine, no worries, because we can't lose, apparently. Or you make some moves and you bring in a top dog, somebody else in the league that wants to go win a Stanley Cup. And when you're that good, some of the other superstars that maybe this is their last run at it or whatever – or they're saying, hey, I need it before I sign my next contract, I want to win a cup and then I'm going to go. I don't even care. I'm going to sign a huge ticket somewhere, but I have my ring. So who cares? So, man, if I'm a Boston fan, I'd be really excited to see what moves they make if they do anything to mess up that, uh, I don't know, the the way that they're rolling right now. So it, it can be risky, but you can bring in like a huge superstar and it'd be like, wow, this is awesome. Oh, I know. But the thing is, like right now, like I, I, I completely agree with you. And when we were, when the Red Wings would make those, those, uh, those runs, yeah. like you said, in, in the late nineties, early two thousands, that was exciting for us to see who we brought in. I think yeah. one of the most underrated acquisitions we got from the trade deadline, um, in 2008 was, uh, Brad Stewart. Yeah. I thought yep. that was huge for us. Um, and you know, what's crazy for Boston is you, they don't even need anybody. No, I, I, I mean, you, there's really always, there's always ways to improve and, and there's going to be somebody that they can scoop up, but right now they, they got to be looking at things like, wow, why, why would we want to change things up? I know that. And that's the thing, man, if you're in a leadership position there, if you're the GM, you gotta be feeling so good with, I can do no wrong. I could bring somebody in Yep. and you can really be picky. You know, you're not going to bring somebody in like a, uh, some cancer in the locker room type of person. You're going to bring in yeah. a guy that is, pro- you know, probably a vet that plays the game the right way, that can uh, that can immediately impact in a positive way the entire team, mm-hmm. which is awesome because you have your your pick. If there's nobody out there, you don't have to pick anybody up because your team's perfect. If the perfect fit and it makes sense, and if you can make some moves with your, um, you know, with your prospects and some of the guys on like the third and fourth line and just like money moves. 
then pick him up because right now I do think they're a little strained. They're going to have to make some some moves there uh, with the cap, but I do think it's possible. It's just man, right when this run is over, right when they don't have their top dogs here, which is going to be very soon, possibly like next year, they're going to be they're probably going to be bad for a while. <laughs> they're going to be the black yeah. box. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is they still have young, like good young talent that they can trade away to gain. I, I don't think that their, that their, um, their rebuild period should be that long. If -hmm. you think about it, um, you, you, you don't imagine that a guy like Pasternak is going to spend his entire career as a Bruin. If they plan on truly breaking this whole thing down and, and, you know, doing it right. Uh, same thing with McAvoy or, you know what, maybe you do want one or two guys that you can build around. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I think, think that'd they, be fair to say, but I think they, they made some moves earlier over the past couple of years and they haven't. And some of their draft picks haven't panned out. I don't think they're, I'd have to look more into it. I don't think their prospect pool as, as they might have a guy or two and maybe that's who you're referencing, but I, I don't think it's that, uh, that deep where I, if you're a fan, you're probably, you gotta be a little worried. Uh, but I only say that thinking that if they do move some of their prospects in a trade piece this year, then you're really going all for it, which you should. If you're this good, Stanley Cup is the goal. You yeah. don't you don't move a Stanley Cup out of the way to be good next year. You you try to win this year um, in that position. So I don't fault them for like moving some of those pieces. But if you move those, yeah, then you're you're in bad shape, and you really have to trust your GM to know what he's talking about because you can really blunder the whole thing like Chicago has. I, see, I keep on going back to Chicago, but man, they, it's like a, yeah. it's a recipe for like, Hey, what's what not to do after you have a dynasty run. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, at least Detroit was able to, you know, out of all the shit that we give Ken Holland, at least they were able to yeah. be relevant. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Chicago is, is doing things right where or they will be doing things right after this season where you know right now hey they're blowing they're blowing things up they're going to get rid of Kane they're going to get rid of um yeah. you know some other guys didn't they sign Seth Jones to a long a long contract they, they, a long term well, they, yeah well they had a couple bad contracts that were like do you have one foot in or you have one foot out yeah. and like and they then, signed Flurry and you thought like oh like last year's team that you thought okay one more kick at the can yeah and then and then not moving some of their pieces last year when they when you realize that they don't have one more kick the can, and then you're like, now they have long term contracts. You didn't sign, or you didn't trade these guys when they had multiple years on their contract when they could have been worth more. Like trading for some of their like Kane and Taze, if they want to go, like they should be able to pick. But if they want to go, you want to get those guys. If I'm a team that's getting them, I want multiple years that I know that they're on my team. If I'm giving up a huge prospect or a, a guy which they will, that's what they're going to require to get, then that's what I would want. But, hey, you know, it doesn't matter. It's that. We'll see what happens with them. I just think uh, Chicago, they're, they got they got a long road ahead of them, and it's the same oh, road yeah. that we took a couple years for five years, but the past five years or more. Yeah, so and know how, it, know how it goes. I, I almost wish that we would have hit the rebuild button, like, right after, and, and I know that uh, – the Illages wanted to still put asses in the seats. They wanted, yeah. they didn't want to trade away Zetterberg and Zatsuk. They, they still wanted, you know, to, to hang on to the last bit of the dynasty that was still well, there. If you forget, so, or if you remember, it's, I, I personally think that they were still wanting to have that playoff streak. 
Oh, a hundred percent. You know, they were keeping these guys. That's what's, that's what's sold. That's what sold. And that was the annoying part because you know that they weren't doing the rebuild right. And as a fan, you know, you, you have to look at it in both ways. Like I appreciate them keeping the guys, like the guys that will have their jerseys retired. Like those guys that can stay if they want to, they deserve that after winning that many yep. cups. But at the same time, you can't like the league was basically like, Hey, Detroit's going to make the playoffs, but they're going to get bounced first round. Uh, they might win one game in a series or they might get swept. Like that's how it was for three or four years. I felt like at the very end, it was like, oh, well, yeah. they're going to squeeze in a wild card. And then they're going to get smoked by somebody in the first round. Well, in, in 2009, that was, that was the last time that they had advanced past the second round. Yeah. After that, I mean, and they had made, I think 2016 was the last year that they actually made playoffs. So that's a um, long, that's a long. You know, so yeah, you're going, there. you're going, you're going seven, you're going seven years where you're getting bounced for, in the first round or you make it to the second round and then you get bounced right yeah. from there. So, yeah. And then it sucks because then you get those draft picks and I think drafting was a little bit different back even 10, 12 years ago where some of these guys, you either get the first overall pick and those guys could come in the league and you might get a superstar. But a lot of the time, especially for Detroit, we didn't really bring up guys. We were not drafting guys that would be making the league. Uh, so, you know, you draft a guy in the middle of the first round, late first round, like that guy could pan out. He, he yeah. might not. And you might not see him for four years. <laughs> like honestly, four yeah. years. Or you maybe just don't see him at all. Well, you know, when they started to actually get, you know, I think they had Mantha. Um, what year was that? 2013 when we drafted Mantha. That was probably one of the most exciting, or at, at least the media was, mm-hmm. they made that seem like we got him as a steal at 20th overall. Like yeah. this guy's going to be a monster. And, you know, he just never panned out to be that guy. He was right. he was good. You don't get me wrong. He's good, but he's an NHL player. For, but yeah, for for a guy that had and again he played in the queue. A queue the queue is is a points league. Mm-hmm. He got 162 points in 60 games or something like that. And it's it's like, you know, uh, of course you're never going to take anything away from a guy who does something like that. But at the same time, it doesn't always translate to the NHL. And yeah. you know. I don't know if if it's if I should give kudos to the media for for doing such a good job at 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 pumping that up or whether that's just us as kind of like you know hopeful fans want like needing that that next and it it sounds so bad because we were so spoiled growing up yet we needed we needed that next superstar like yeah. you know Tatsuk and Zetterberg are on on their last leg and you know they ended up playing until they were in you know 2016 for Datsuk and then uh, 2018 I think or 2017 for for Zetterberg oh, and it's yeah, like there. and it's like we we were already star for for a superstar like that's because you know we only had two on the team at at the same time as opposed right. to the 90s where we had like <laughs> nine yeah it's like the third liners are going to the Hall of Fame yeah exactly <laughs> So I, I just, I, I think it's funny and, and sometimes it takes a little bit of uh perspective to, to realize, you know, like right now I, I look at where we are and I'm not that upset, honestly, because like where we were a couple of years ago, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No, like, like it, we would have packed it in and said yeah. like, all right, well, 
it, it was it was a fun ride. Let's just yeah. not get killed for the rest of the games. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and and they weren't worth watching because the guys that were on the team a couple of years ago weren't going to be on the team like the following year because they they basically had to fill an NHL team and it was a bunch of people that shouldn't be in the NHL or should be on like the third and fourth line. They were playing first line minutes. Now it's worth watching still because you're watching the future of the wings. You're watching these guys that maybe make mistakes and that's how we're costing games. But if they don't make that mistake, then that goal doesn't go in and it's still zero zero or whatever it may be. And you watch those guys, and hopefully they're not making those mistakes over and over again. And you're watching the growth, and uh, so I still think, yeah, they're in a rough patch right now. I, I'm hoping that they can find their legs and and turn it around a little bit, at least make it competitive every <clears> game, <throat> get some wins, and hopefully make it interesting later in the year too. So we can look at that that wild card and whatever they make it great. If not, uh, I still think they're making steps forward. But it's nice to watch a team that you know. This is their core. Their core is here. There's going to be moves around it, but we're still watching the future of the wings where I did not feel like that a couple of years ago. It's like, Hey, we got Larkin out there, but that's the only guy I could possibly see out there in yeah. like three more years, <laughs> you know, maybe Bertuzzi. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's the thing where, again, going back to your point earlier, where this is just not a typical year, Bertuzzi goes out with an injury, comes back for a couple of games and then he's mm-hmm. out again. It's like, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. You can't catch a break. Um, so, uh, but in, in lighter news, Jakob Verana mm-hmm. did, uh, did, uh, well, he, he, he went f- for the whole practice, didn't he? He wasn't just going into a, a couple of drills. He showed up for the entire practice, didn't he? Yeah. He said he felt good. He said he's been trying nice. to stay in shape when he was out. Um, he was super pumped to be back in the rink, was looking forward to playing again, felt really good on the ice. So, I'm hoping that it's, you know, he's ho- hopefully he can really come in and make an impact to the team, uh, whether it just be mentally for the guys having him back in the locker room, having a guy that's uh, respectable on the ice and just know that you have him in the slot. You have a guy that can shoot. It's just it's a more comfortable person out there. Like you can play more comfortably when you're out there, knowing that he's out there on your line. So I think it's going to be a big boost for a lot of people. I think, and I, I hundred percent agree with that. And and thinking back to like when, when you and I were on teams and if somebody out, if somebody was out for a long time, mm-hmm. just think about like how much more you wanted to battle when yeah. that, when that one player was back and right. you were like, you wanted to give like an extra, an extra 10%, even though you were already giving, you know, 110 before, mm-hmm. um, I think that having a guy like Verona back, especially with, you know, what, what he has gone through and, and, and you know what, no one really knows. And and that's completely his business. The player assistance program, you know, no one's going to, well, people will speculate, but they shouldn't. Um, All we know is that he needed help with something Mm -hmm. and that that's, that's all we know. Yeah, I could um, care less. Like, um, I don't think. I mean, it's weird when people ask about it, or yeah, like, like I don't know. I, he's in there, and now he's back. That means, like, hopefully, the program, di- like, he's he's following that that program. There's professionals yep. that deal with that. I am nowhere even close to that realm. So, it's happy to see if he's leaving that. That I take that as like a positive for him personally. Definitely a positive. And as a fan, I'm just happy to see him back on the ice. So, you know, there's a yeah. couple different positives there. I I don't even know or care about the details. Yep. A hundred percent. And you know what, when, when 
he when he's in the locker room or, or when he's back on the ice, I, that just has to give some of those guys just an extra an extra jolt of energy. Mm-hmm. You would imagine. Um, I mean, you. I I bet you when you played for uh, was it Michigan Warriors when you were mm-hmm. how many games did you get suspended for? Uh, for for that seven, seven for uh, two handing a guy. Yeah, technically it was six, but it was before the game started, so I always call it seven because I got so kicked it was, out of that game because and then it, it was six yeah apparently. yeah. So, um, by the way, I, I, didn't, two, I, I didn't two hand him. It was uh, it was a fight <laughs> that they said that I that I threw him on the ground too like too hard. Basically oh, that's all it was? was. I thought that you started the fight by two handing him in the in the leg or something. No, he he like li- he lifted my stick on a face off, so I slashed his stick back. But that was not oh. that was like normal. You were just like testing its durability. Yeah. Well, that was like normal back and forth. I didn't call a penalty on that. <laughs> no, or anything. I know. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't. And then, I, I mean, I probably like pulled the back of his skate. Like, you know, when you pull someone's back of their skate and they're like, oh, they like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I probably did that just to uh, mess with them. But then. And but, then yeah, you two ended him in the face. But it was, a, it was a fight. It was three games for fighting, I think, before the game started. And then, so I just knew it was like broken up into one was after the fight for like throwing him down. And then one was uh, three games was before the game. But so anyway, so yeah, the, the, the reason I brought it up though, is that, you know, you're gone for, for, you know, seven games, right? Yeah. You come back after, after seven games and, and play for, for your first time. Oh yeah. The boys, are I, I have to imagine that, that the teammates, you know, it not, not just suspensions, uh, injuries, but especially if somebody's coming back from a player assistance program, yeah. I feel like, I feel like, man, this guy, this guy already battled through. He he went he went through a bunch of adversity, and you know, I'm I'm ready to go to battle with this guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, it, it's a uh, it's fun to see the guy like your buddy that is back that was out back in the locker room hanging out doing the warm ups. Like people don't know all of the this the fun that goes in with going to the rink and going there a couple hours earlier you're you're taping your stick in the stands or I miss film it, or you're playing suey in the locker outside of the locker room before a game uh there, so there's a lot of the bonding stuff and we saw it with uh Peron when he had the jersey or they had the jerseys made up for his thousand games just like the whole team where they're playing this they're playing suey and for people that don't know it's a, that soccer game that you see hockey players play before the game uh, you know, and they're all wearing the, the shirts of the thousand games. Just yeah. really cool. It's cool, like bond that guys have. So when there is a guy that's out, especially for players' assistance and going through that program, uh, I gotta imagine that's gonna be huge. So I'm really excited to see when he's back in yeah. an actual game, just to see the the buzz around it. I think it'll be great for the guys. Absolutely. And um, speaking of suspensions, or what somebody, you know, what. what not somebody that probably multiple people thought that this deserved a suspension, but the hit from Ryan Reeves on, uh, on Phil Peronic, uh, are you surprised that he didn't get any sort of supplemental discipline? Um, cause we, we, we talked we about it. We, forth, we, yeah. yeah. We, we talked about it. We understood. We, but by the way, let's, let's just, um, kind of build this out first where we both agree that it was a clean hit, that there wasn't anything dirty about yeah. it. Uh, having said that, with Reeves's, uh, with his previous history, you could understand why the league would 
you know, probably want to at least enforce some um, some I supplemental think, discipline. I think they could have said that the very first, like while I think it was like the majority of the impact was body to body, I think the very first impact was shoulder to the head. Like it touched his head. And the way, like the letter of the law in the NHL, right or wrong, is that any, if, if your head is the primary point of contact, then you would, that's a penalty and you would get that suspension or at least get reviewed or whatever the actual language is. So I think if they came out with saying that, I would have been like, ah, that's like, I don't agree with it, but like, I understand that they have to do that because that's the way it was written. So they kind of have to follow that. But I'm happy that they didn't do that, to be honest. Um, I understand your point. And like we talked about, yeah, his past and and how that would impact it. I think if they did review it, his past would have definitely had a play and would have got a lot of games if it was actually that bad. But the only reason I don't think they did anything and why I wasn't surprised to not see it at the same time, I could have seen it either way. but. I don't know what you do if, if like, what is he supposed to do if he, if that's a penalty or if he gets suspended for that, he'd be like, I literally just can't, I kept, I kept everything down, feet on the ice. He would have his side and down. And he's big. He can't make himself smaller. Yeah. It just, that's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And there's been, and there's been suspensions and uh, penalties where bigger guys just get like, Hey, sorry, you, you hit Brad Marchand and your elbow, hit his head, but that's just where his head lands. And that's just a penalty. Sorry. Uh, Not that it's right, but that's just the way that the the letter of the law is that if you make contact with your head first, then that's a penalty. I don't think that there was anything, you know, malicious. He he wasn't trying to hurt him by any means. He saw him with his head down and he, that's the style of play that he He just absolutely wrecked him. If that is Crosby or McDavid, first off, they wouldn't have their head down, but, they're calling that a penalty. I 100% guarantee it. And Easily. if they call it a penalty, I can almost guarantee there's a, a suspension after that for probably like three games. If that's right. Oh, there, there, there would have been, there would have been 10, 10 people going yeah. after, you know, uh, yeah. th- there would have been so many, like Darnell nurse um, on Edmonton would have been going right after mm-hmm. Reeves right away. He, yeah. he, and you know what? Props to Sherratt for going after, after him, even though he got his bell rung. Yeah, and um, I, I think so. That one, I was watching that with the it, he it was never a hit got on it. Lindstrom, right? Yeah, and he just never really got Lindstrom. They, yeah, <laughs> but I never think I don't think Sherratt really got a fair shake. Like it was kind of so fast, no, they never really got there. So I would have liked to see him just like lose straight up and be like, ah, oh, whatever. But it kind of sucks for him that he's like, I just didn't even, I didn't even get to like <laughs> fight yeah. him. Really, I kind of just got tossed and whatever. Yeah, it's a, a bad edge or whatever. whatever it's a good. It's it, a but. good. It's a good uh, for him actually. I guess you don't have to get punched in the face really because none of those really connected too bad, yeah. and it looks like you stuck off your team. So it's kind of a win-win if you look at it from Sherrod's angle. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I think somebody. I, I have to look back at who at who it was that approached Reeves right after he hit Heronic, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, who's it? it was like by the bench over there. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm like, you would, you would, if you thought that the hit on Heronic was bad, like whoever that was that that tapped him or you know gave him a little chop, I'm like, you, mm-hmm. he's gonna make that look ten times easier on you. Yeah, I don't. It's so hard because I just remember playing too, and some of those hits would happen, and you, like on the ice, you know that. 
ah, shit, that's not like he did. Like, just a hard hit. But you have to, as a person, on like as a teammate, you literally you just have to go over to a guy and uh, and confront him. Like there's no other option. And I remember times where if that if we didn't, our, we would be in the locker room. Our coach would be throwing a garbage can at us. Like I literally remember like garbage cans being thrown because uh, they didn't step up and like a guy wouldn't step up. So it it happens. And I bet you got, there was people on the ice like, oh, God, now I have to go up to Reeves and I hope the ref gets in the way. And I hope that, yeah. but hold me back. Yeah. Like the whole, there's like, Oh man, I really wish that we could fight, but the refs are in the way and they're holding me back. We'll get yeah. it next time. <laughs> that was like, remember a few years ago when uh, Brendan Smith yep. was going after Chara, Chara and, and Chara was like, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And then, oh, he, if you could, like, you know, those, uh, those like whoop watches or like mm-hmm. Apple watches or like, you know, I want to know what Brendan Smith's heartbeat was when he was about to go toe to toe, when he was about to go toe to toe with Zidane Chara. Yeah. That will forever be like probably one of my favorite clips to watch. And then. The funny thing is the ref gets in there and then Smith's like, you had your chance. You had your chance. And Charles like, are, what do you, mean? <laughs> are you kidding me? Like I would kill you. <laughs> you should have done like the, the WWE belt after like Smith, when he got off off the ice. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Totally won like, that one. Like dude. Yeah. It, like he would win. It, it would be no question that he would win physically, but like right there, just Smith, just pussyfooting around, mm-hmm. not he won mentally as well. Yeah. Like, dude, if you're gonna go, go in with some balls and just go for it. Right. If you get your bell rung and, and you get tossed like a rag doll, hey, at least you had the at least you had the church bells to to go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I say that, you know, sitting on my on my computer chair. <laughs> Like, but I also will say that I don't have the church bells to go do it. So. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't, especially you know, with me being uh, five seven, and Sedano Chara being you know, I, they 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 should make that a felony for sure. If if somebody's like over a foot taller than you, mm-hmm. then I I feel like that that's just you know that is the definition of picking on someone your own size. You, you yeah. need you need to be able to do that, otherwise it's a felony. I agree. Um, all right. Well, I don't know if you have anything else, but I did want to, uh, to we got three games coming up this week before we record. Do you want to take your, their own three in the past three? What do you think they're, so got, just for the people listening, we went over it really quickly earlier, but Capitals, Lightning, and Ottawa. So got three games. What are you thinking? Um, I honestly, I feel like the Caps actually could be a winnable game. Um mm-hmm. Tampa. Yeah, yeah, at Washington. That's good. It's going to be a good one. Their mm-hmm. their young goalie Lindgren, um he's he's pretty good. He's he's looking solid. Um but there's there's word that Kemper might be back as well. So oh. he could be shaky. You never know. Um it's going to be a good game. I I think it's a winnable game. Um when you look at Tampa, I just think Tampa's too good right now. I think that they're hungry. They're they're looking for some uh, some vengeance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a loss. I think that uh, we, the, the Red Wings, should be seeking vengeance against Ottawa. And I, yeah. I'm I'm hoping hoping it's going to be uh, two, two and one. one. Like. 
but I I would I I could see a one one and one being Washington being the OT loss. Yeah. I, I'm gonna guess one and two. I, I think that they're I, I understand what you're saying on Washington. I do think that's a winnable game. The only reason why I could see them winning is because of this bad stretch. I think they're they're gonna really I think they're gonna come out hot. If they can get a goal early against Washington, they I think they win that game because they are just gonna have that momentum. Uh, if not, I think they lose against Washington, they lose against Tampa, and then they get their revenge in Ottawa uh, with hopefully some some guys back. Who knows when Vron is back, but that'll be nice. Does Ovechkin wait, – wait, is he still at 800? I think so. I think it's probably going to happen against the, the Red Wings. <laughs> how, how much of a storybook would that be if he not only ties how but beats how yeah. against the Red Wings? You know you – know, it's gonna happen. Yeah, you, I think you, it's might, going you to. might as well. You might as well just just throw the bets yep. because you can't write it up anymore. Any perfect than that? I know it's true. So, but, but that's it. All righty. Well, uh, good talk to you as always. We'll we'll have Dustin on next week, hopefully, and yeah, hopefully if we feel like it. Here. Yeah, if we feel like it. But, <laughs> Uh, all right. Let's I'll get the fuck out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. See ya. <laughs> See ya.